Welcome to Your Family and Your Retirement with Abe Ashton. Well, it's the $64,000 and then some question. How much money do you really need to ensure a comfortable retirement? CNBC's Sharon Epperson says the folks at Charles Schwab did a survey to find that out. They looked at the average amount that 401k savers think that they need in order to have a nest egg that they can retire with, and that's $1.9 million on average. Now, millennials and Gen X were a little bit more ambitious. They thought that they need the target to be closer to $2 million, while boomers said they'd be good with $1.6 million. So it's $2 million for the air quote youngsters, roughly a million and a half for baby boomers. Abe, is that really the way we should be looking at this whole retirement thing in our portfolio? Mm, no. I mean, if it gives you a target that you're you're really searching for, it, but I just don't get those. I really don't. I mean, you've seen commercials on them all the time. Like, mm-hmm. But there was a big brokerage or wirehouse that uh, one of the popular ones that had, what's your number out yes. there? And there was- That was catchy, uh, I got to admit. You no, know, it, it is, but it's what does it mean, right? So let's say it is $2 million. So what? You got $2 million, now what? Does does that have all of your retirement questions answered? What does $2 million do for you? Well, that's how true. Much, that doesn't answer any questions. How, how, how much income will $2 million provide? Right, Because it, it all depends on how it's invested. Depends on the interest rate. Depends on the returns. Depends on whether or not you have a pension. Depends on how much money you're getting from Social Security. Right? Is there inheritance coming or not? Is there expenses that change? Will a house be paid off that's not paid off now? That you're paying $2,000 a month for? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm the first to admit, retirement is not that complicated of a subject, but it definitely can be oversimplified. Huh. And it is oversimplified when saying, what's your number, or this is $2 million, or $1.5 million. Now, the reason why numbers sometimes help, Chris, and I had a conversation about this with my brother. He's a lieutenant colonel in the Army, okay. and we were talking about retirement, we were talking about what his pension would be, because he's almost at 20 years, and he'll be able to retire here uh, shortly with a certain amount of pension. So what we were, and I can't remember the exact amount of his pension. So I'm going to make up some numbers here because you know what we're going to, we're going to have is we're going to have some of the people we just were grateful for calling me and saying, that is not what an E-17 (laughs) Lieutenant Colonel's retirement would be. And so I'm making up numbers. So, so, so give me some grace on that. Okay. But let's just say he was saying that his pension is um, $60,000 a year. All right. Hypothetically. So if he's got $60,000 a year of income coming in and, and again, Again, whether he has Social Security coming in from his spouse, from himself on top of that. But let's, let's talk about what that means. $60,000 a year would be the equivalent of a 6% yield or return on a $1 million investment. Okay. So does somebody who is looking for a certain retirement income that has a $60,000 a year pension or $5,000 a month of income need the same amount of money as someone who doesn't? Huh. Right. So to say everybody's or to say that their number is one and a half million or two million dollars is really less important than saying, what is your monthly income number? Mm. That's really what people should be asking. And and I would love to see the survey say that. How much income do you think you will need in retirement? That's a totally and different question. And you'd totally, have a totally different answer. Yeah. Right. Because there's so many ways to get there. Yeah. Because if somebody says, no, no, no. During retirement, I estimate that I will need approximately $6,000 a month of income. And and people automatically start thinking, yeah, I won't have a house payment or I will have a house payment or I want to do some vacations because we budget monthly now, most of us, right? We look at our monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. We look at our monthly income. And so when you talk about some innocuous big number, million and a half, two million, three million dollars, great, maybe you do need that much money to get to that monthly goal, 
but start with the monthly income goal and work backwards. Telling my brother, I said, hey, you know, he's talking about the sacrifice of working and uh, being in the army and, and the blessings of being in the army. He's an engineer and he's had over the years, a few companies court him and wanting to hire him away from the military and say, hey, uh, just go ahead and retire now, and he wouldn't get his retirement benefits, but the income would be so much greater. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll pay you $180,000 a year right now. That's twice what you're making in the military or more. Why don't you come over and you save your own retirement? Hmm. Well, so to have the conversation and saying, Ben, right now, you're going to be getting, again, hypothetically, $60,000 a year is what I said earlier. So $60,000 a year, um, in order at a 6% rate of return, that's the equivalent of a million dollars. So how long would it take you to sock away a million dollars in this new private company versus just continuing on for another four years and retiring from the military? Can you sock away a quarter million dollars a year based off of what they're going to pay you to recreate that million dollar equivalent of retirement income? Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying yeah. there, Kristen? So now we're working, we're working from income numbers backwards to try and figure it out. And it's always fun for me to tell a teacher that. We had a teacher in the office last week who was, uh, in fact, both her and her husband are teachers. And we were talking about their income benefit and that they were both going to have a pension of just about $5,000 a month uh, because they've got quite a few years in the public education system. they were, Actually, now I think about it, it was about $4,000 a month each that they'd have of, of a pension. Okay. So, I mean, that's Hard great. Hard earned, number one. <laughs> Hard earned is right. So $96,000 a year, and then they both are going to have about $2,500 a month or $30,000 a year of Social Security. Okay. Okay, so so if we do the math together, that's $156,000 a year of income. Right, because they both were teachers, mm-hmm, both getting four thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month, and they're both getting about twenty five hundred dollars a month of Social Security. So they're just right at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, just shy, but one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year of income um, after tax. They'll probably net about one hundred and twenty or so. They're getting about ten thousand dollars a month. That's great after tax God, and after tax after tax. Do they need a one and a half million dollar number? Right? Do you see what I'm right, saying? So, exactly. So when somebody like that, when a teacher hears that and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I put my own kids through college. I've only been making $65,000 a year. I haven't been able to put away a million and a half dollars. And all of a sudden they're petrified. Well, the average mm-hmm. boomer says they need a million and a half. In fact, the younger ones say they need $2 million. And what I want to do is tell them, well, you have done way better than that. Because the equivalent to get you $150,000 a year gross of, of income would really take about two and a half million dollars to three million dollars. So yes, hmm. you have your two and a half million dollars, three million dollars. It just doesn't look like that on a piece of paper with a bunch of zeros after it. It looks like 30 years of hard work working in the public education system. I want to talk about some other hard workers out there, Abe, because there's so many professions that have been hit with Forced early retirements, layoffs, furloughs even. And a lot of folks, possibly even listening right now, have been going through that. It came out of left field. Wall Street kind of changed their plans about their career and when they may or may not retire. But here's the thing. You and I were talking before today's show. If you are someone that's in an unfortunate situation like that, there is a silver lining because you now, with your 401k, you have more opportunity. HR didn't have every option out there. 
Yeah, some of these stimulus packages, they have some provisions in there that allow people to access and move and roll over their retirement accounts, 401ks. And it's interesting. I was talking to one of my neighbors who's an, who's an airline pilot. And, and first of all, he is the coolest guy. I mean, talking to him, you know why he's so cool? Why? He flew F-18s off of aircraft carriers. Pretty cool planes. Very cool planes. That's like Top Gun, the original Top Gun mm-hmm. was F-14s, but still... Flying an airplane off of a ship in the ocean. I know. I don't know how they cool. land that thing. That's so amazing. Right. So he put in all his time, and then he he started flying for an airline like many do. He's younger in the airline industry, I should say. So he doesn't have the seniority that many of the pilots older than him because he's a relatively young younger guy, and he retired from the Navy as one of their pilots landing on aircraft carriers, landing mm-hmm. the F-18s. But now he is forced, like so many in the airline industry, he's facing a potential furlough. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation with just with him the other day that said listen if you're strapped and if you're in trouble the government has provided ways to mm-hmm. access some of those retirement dollars some of those 401k dollars and if nothing else even if you're not it might be a time to roll those funds over or convert them into a traditional IRA where you have more access even once you go back to work because that way in the future if you need funds you're not having to deal with the HR you have complete control of what resources you use hmm. and what options there are for your 401 or for your traditional IRA that came from your 401k. And here's a silly example. You might like this one. You might hate this one. Another neighbor, great person that I was talking to, is considering a real estate investment in a vacation rental because he's excited about it. It's this vacation rental is on an island, Ooh. and um, but he doesn't want to use some of his cash. He wants to use retirement dollars. And because he has money in his traditional IRA, he can allocate it to a self-directed IRA and actually use it to purchase a real estate in a vacation property. Hmm, okay. So that would not be available to him in an option like a 401k that was still housed within uh-huh. the company's program. So it's a very simple example, but control and options become much larger. Let's just say this. There's a plethora of options when you control the IRA versus when it's at the company program. And that's why Abe and the team have put together a lot of different reports to make sure that you are in the loop about that. One is a 401k decision guide, the top five pitfalls to avoid during that time. So if you would like that 401k decision guide, there's never a charge for resources like that or anything else with Abe and the team at Ashton and Associates. Day or night, you can connect and find out more by going to ashtonwealth.com. You know, Abe, there's a saying, as California goes, so goes the nation. In other words, a lot of the trends and ideas that start in California eventually is that scary? spread nationwide. Man, you, you, yes. just, you just said that and I started shaking in my boots. It's concerning on many levels, not every <laughs> single one, because I've got relatives in California. In we love Californians in California. Yes, and they're normal. But, the beach you know. and there's good people and they're all here in St. George right now. Welcome Californians. <laughs> We're glad to see your license plates driving around, keeping our economy booming while yes. Californians struggle. But I joke, but I, I maybe I joke too much. There's truth in all jest, they say, right? All joking aside, it is concerning because state lawmakers in California are proposing a tax hike that would boost their combined state and federal top tax rate to nearly 54%. Yeah. Oh. Come on. This is ridiculous. At 54%? Yeah. You know what happens, though? The people who would be paying those kind of taxes... 
They just have one of their homes in California, and it ain't their primary residence. And then they go... Ah, who Take got that, who? Uncle Sam. Who got who? I mean, California already has one of the highest state income tax levels in the entire nation, and they are going to continue to drive their higher income earners out of the state. Hmm. And great, we're happy to have them. We're happy yeah, to have them here in. in St. George, Utah. We'll, we'll definitely take you. But you start to you start to say, listen, maybe it's just fine to have a beach house in California when you make that kind of money. Because in order to be there, you'd be over about seven hundred thousand dollars a year, all hmm. right? Which is great. That's a lot of income, and there's certainly people in California that make a lot more money than that. But yeah, and over, the cost of living too, by the way, is a lot no, higher no, no, than what we're used to. That's the same as seventy five thousand dollars a year everywhere else. So <laughs> it's, much. I mean, it's I mean, we're talking we talk about the equivalency of the dollar, right? Yeah. Really, the fact that we can get to a point, and it's not the the highest tax rate we've seen in our history, we've had federal taxes at some point over 80% at certain income wow. levels, all right? So we, we have seen high taxes, but there is just something morally objectionable yes. to have more of the dollars that you're working for, a greater majority of the dollars that you go to earn. Mm-hmm. Go to the government instead of to your family. It's irritating at the minimum. I mean, I want to get irate about this, but I feel like our listeners are irate enough hearing this 53% number. Do you think that could happen here? I guess is really what I'm mumbling around to. Oh, well, for here. sure, it could happen here in St. George, Utah. It could happen, you know, state of Utah. It could happen, and it could happen anywhere if governments, local governments, are not fiscally responsible. Utah has done a pretty good job managing their budget and 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 doing pretty well. We we struggle when it comes to some of the some of the departments that could use more money, like the public education system, of course, because mm-hmm. in Utah we have a greater child per household per capita than almost anywhere in the nation. We're, we're right up there at the top. You know why? Because we're good at making babies. We make lots of kids and then they have to go to school and there's more kids in one house than say there would be in some place like California, but there's only the one or two income earners for a house full of four kids and four kids is not the average mm-hmm. in in the country, right. but it may very well be in the state of Utah. So when they need more money, they can choose to increase state income taxes. And when the highest federal income tax rate currently being 37% after the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that was what, so we got to 37% there. I mean, you wouldn't have to get too high. 14% puts mm-hmm. us over 51, right, oh. of state tax. We're half that now, or we're just under this half that crazy. now. But it adds up so quickly. And that's before you get to payroll taxes, right? As an employer as a, or as an employee, keeping track with how many moving parts there are in taxes, um, especially with stimulus programs, it, it can become a part-time job. We see people confused every day who are coming in saying, how does this affect me, Abe? Taxes and retirement, you've told me for years, they're a huge thing to pay attention to because they can be the biggest hit to our retirement besides health care cost, inflation. Okay, so that's three hits there. Then we've got fees, that's four, market volatility, five hits. There's so much we need to protect ourselves against, I guess is what I'm feeling. Well, first you assume there's going to be hits. That's, that's, but this I mean, is that's a lot the, of hits. The bottom line is you've got to prepare and plan for hits to come. But you look at each one individually and you say, how does this portion of my money mitigate this risk? How does this portion of my retirement plan mitigate that risk? And you walk down that line and let's say you just came up with five or six just off the top of your head. And 
I, I know how to do it because it's what I do for my job every day. Right. <laughs> right? People come in and say, here are my concerns. I'll say, great. Let me add a couple that you should be aware of. Great. And let me show you how we're <laughs> going to address each one of them. But people build entire businesses off of the fear tactics, right? Mm. Because instead of starting our conversations with those hits and those risks, we start our conversations a lot differently here at Ashton & Associates with is, what are your dreams? Tell me what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me about your kids and your family and what do you want to do during retirement? What do you want to continue doing in retirement? Now, let's mitigate the risk so it doesn't take those fun things away, but we're doing it not because we're afraid of the unknown. We are doing it because we want to prepare to plan for doing all of the fun and enjoyable things you work so hard to. All of those promises you made to yourself when you were working long hours. Find out more at AshtonWealth.com. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Eric Nimmer is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC registered investment advisor. Ashton and Associates, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested.